to be completely swallowed in by the and uh, I confess I, I don't know if I can trust it entirely or if it's just some the tendency that there is always something missing. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. You must trust that God knows best. And I also feel that there's nothing to do for it. Mm, the attitude is good. To have the attitude is good. That you are completely consumed by truth is good. And it may take a long time of just walking in your own surrender. You know? Because sometimes we have a prayer, oh, and you want it kind of like, like a, yeah. a pizza takeaway or something, you know? And sometimes it takes time to, to mature and to, to mellow. Prayer doesn't have to be like you're purchasing something. It can be that your whole life becomes a journey of unfolding truth. And that your, your human nature, your uh, continue getting more and more refined and refined and just slowly coming merged in the in the supreme as you ask the question you know who, who really am I where am I you find that there's no answer there's no there's only a, a space here no person there to answer something so your your prayer is a good one I just want to be consumed I just want to be completely swallowed up it's very good I walked in this. I walked in this. Every time you remember, every time your mind uh, <coughs> is reminded, something says yes. You know, yes, 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 yes. yes, yes. It does it, this pure I amness, which enjoys everything. Mm. It's okay, and it's beautiful. Maybe you have this desire to be consumed, and what gets consumed is the desirer itself. You see? Sometimes this is what you are asking, I want to be consumed, I want to be totally absorbed in that. And what happened is that the one who is us, the one who is making the prayer gets absorbed. This is why I say that the one who begins the inquiry will not and he will not finish the inquiry, but will be finished by the inquiry. And this was happening, and it's happening in a beautiful way. Sometimes a few little some strong experiences, because sometimes you still have a sense of ego is still present. And uh, you maybe feel that you've gone past that stage. And then, hello, I'm still here. And then something feels, oh, I'm so disappointed. And says, you are also still here. Also. And um, so it's, it's all good. It's all good. And I also, I, I opened a book of Papaji, mm -hmm. and uh, it came to a, a phrase which said that the aching for the separation from the Beloved is better than the union with the Beloved. She's saying that she read one book from Papaji. Did you hear anyway what she said? Yeah. She read a book uh, in, in one of Papaji's books she's reading, and in Papaji mm -hmm. say that the longing, the aching mm, to be with the Beloved mm. is sometimes better than the actuality of being with the Beloved. Yeah. Uh, what it can mean, you know, is just that uh, the longing for, there's a duality which is very sweet, 
It's very deep. It's also painful, but the pain is its sweetness also. But when you are merged, uh, this this longing is not there. Even this oneness is not there actually in the end. You see, because uh, the oneness is only itself a sustaining uh, concept, while the sense of twoness is there. But when there is uh, the, the total meeting, the absorption, there is neither one nor two. It's not your each day you're thinking now and thank you for being one. That's also beautiful. There are also time for this also. But gradually one becomes uh, inseparable from what you have discovered. You know, even the sense of life as an adventure or you know a great unfolding. All these things become very quiet for you. Like space that doesn't speak about space. This is why I say, actually, when the the saying, we want to taste the honey, we don't want to be the honey. This is the the nature of consciousness when it manifests as diversity. It loves the play of diversity. It loves the longing. It loves every part of experiencing. This is what I felt when some time ago I also sent you that letter that I somehow found myself. can say it like this, as God, and something just somehow pulled back. I felt that it was exactly for that sweetness of this. What you are saying, you know, she said that uh, she, when, the, when the moment came when there was no duality, when you felt that you found, you, you discovered God's presence in your own self, there was some, some, some hesitation, some pulling back, perhaps because of the sense that you may lose the tasting of. Of loving by, God by, as a by being the love, maybe you, you want to enjoy the duality of love. It was very it's automatic. It's, yes, it yes, yes. It's not a mental thing. It's like a reflex. It's a reflex. Yes. That happened inside, and it's okay. All these things you observe, you know, you observe. It's not even that you are experiencing oneness. You just know that uh, there is not twoness. You're experiencing oneness. You're very still in a duality, and so on. It may sound silly, but I wanted to ask you to pray for the complete dissolution. Yes. Only for the, the a complete dissolution is uh, dissolution means what? Sometimes these terms are themselves a bit frightening for the mind because the dissolution is like <gasps> completely dissolved into nothing. Can that be an aspiration to dissolve into nothing? And then after nothing? Well, there's no after nothing. Well, maybe I like before nothing. Well, what can I do with nothing? So the, the mind's portrait of nothing is not a very attractive thing. And the true nothing cannot be attractive. It is already the stable reality of what, what we are. Maybe the word nothing, we can take all these words out. We can take all the words out now. Nothing, emptiness, absolute, relative, consciousness, superconsciousness, ignorance, all we can throw them all out now. Maybe they can be thrown out. Because then you may experience that there is something that cannot be thrown out. And that is the most natural thing. That has been the most natural. And who can throw that out? When even the identity, the idea you have of yourself is also transcended or thrown out, then who is there to throw anything else out? You don't use your head too much trying to figure these things out. You get a headache. <laughs> Just say yes. 
because something feels like there's something inside that is not the kind of knowledge of information and so on, or any secret. It is like it's a it's an intuition you can call it. It does not have any report. It doesn't have a big file that it has studied, and it has not researched where it is going. It's just a quiet appeal inside, an attraction that doesn't ask for a contract. It just knows, yes, I'm here for this. Even the slightest touch, a pinprick of God's presence, and the whole thing wants to go. Okay, 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 okay. You see. It doesn't have to try and sell you. It's not going around with a placard saying, "You come for freedom, come to me." It doesn't. Have, no. It's not other than you. It's not coming to something. The Prabhupada also say, "Just keep quiet." <laughs> but then people think, "Okay, but I've been keeping quiet for a long time. Because <laughs> nothing's happening." <laughs> yeah. Who's the one even keeping quiet? Who can keep quiet? What keep quiet means. Don't engage with any thought. But then don't stay as one who doesn't engage with any thought. Because this one just cannot do that. And you say, Well, how can it be done? Because I keep finding me here, trying to do something. How can I not do anything? He said, Not you don't do anything. You are itself the activity. Obviously, when he says don't do anything, it doesn't mean, look, you're doing something, you're eating this melon. You're doing something, please. Mm-hmm. Not like that. <laughs> In fact, I'm not doing that. <laughs> this is where the misunderstanding is great. <laughs> doing but not doing, eating but not eating, talking but not talking, living but not living. Understand everything appearing. This is my it's just my experience. I know it's not the truth, but this is just my experience. Uh, Even (coughs) if I find some quietness inside and something that is stable and okay. It's, um, it doesn't I- embrace everything around. Um, many times it's like something coming from the outside can disturb that. This is just my experience and uh, of course it is not uh, it's totally stable. You're here? Today, that uh, sometimes I find that uh, there is something I reach a place inside which is seems very peaceful and very tranquil, but it is not so stable because some some is not all encompassing. She said it's not all encompassing because something from seemingly from outside can disturb that easily. You see. I wonder sometimes whether anything really disturbs that, or it disturbs the one who wants that that is not disturbed. You, you, you see, I don't know if you follow, because 
there's a recognition of of a silence which is not a created silence it's not something that somebody made or somebody's trying to keep it's just silence it has no keeper of silence it's just here it doesn't come and go either but it appears to come and go but what happens is more that the attention goes somewhere else and it seems as though that's gone but right present with that is still a certain amount of identity that notices this and say yes that peace is i feel really peaceful now oh, i feel so good i feel so good and then uh, the phone rings and somebody goes hey where are you you're late and say oh my god sorry sorry and then the peace is gone nice. so one just has to continue stabilizing the attention and the mind or the identity confirming you see there is this sense of silence but also there's the perceiving of silence there's also i'm aware of silence and if the environment changes and it becomes noisy i'm also aware that it's changed and now it becomes noisy so it is still there's something that is still uh, variable can change it can change but something also wanted to not change and this thing that wanted to not change nobody's looking at this we think that that's us it's me who don't want the peace to change this is as far mostly as human beings we evolve at least to this level where you experience a certain amount of peace or joy and is a desire i want to stay this i want to keep this joy it's a natural thing I want to keep this joy but then the joy seems to go and then the one who wants to keep the joy feels oh no I, 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 then i talk about it you know last week i really found really great peace joy and i want to keep it but it went away how can i get it back and this identity is never questioned it's assumed to be well that's just what i am everything is uh, perceived uh, by myself to be advantageous or disadvantageous to this me but here we actually look at who is this me that has preferences even because this me itself is not stable one minute it finds something wow i've been looking for this for so long can i have it no Oh, please, 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 can I have it? Yes. Oh, my God. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. So good. I'm so happy, so happy, so happy. And thinks that this happiness is being given by this thing. But there's no happiness in this thing to give me happiness. You see, the happiness is a reflection of something that wanted, wanted, wanted. Now it has it. So this desire to have it is gone. And I'm enjoying. I love all so great. How long can I be happy about this for? In fact, how long have we ever been happy about anything for? But anything. You see, for a while, because the nature of life, either from this point or from the one who is enjoying it, is that neither of them are stable. You find the greatest diamond, or you, like I say, you marry your childhood sweetheart. Is anything more perfect than that? Oh my God. Okay, and this is everything now. I want nothing more. We buy an island, and we live in an island. We have a palace, and everything. We have three little beautiful children, and everything is fine. Okay, when we want food, 
bring mainland and they deliver by helicopter. <laughs> Nobody even come. Perfectly the world. How long for? <laughs> because people have done it. How long for? Not for very long. And thank God, not for very long. Because this is a kind of death. You are not supposed to have anything like that, which becomes like a substitute for, for your own real discovery of yourself. You are not supposed to have anything like that. When you know yourself, then you may walk alongside any human being, any being, for the rest of your earthly existence. And this may be beautiful, but not because you need, not because, ah, I've got to have. Because as long as you've got to have, I've got to keep, I've got to keep, you can't be centered in your own heart. We don't have to do this. We don't have to do that. So, back to my main point. Whatever it is that you enjoy, even a beautiful heavenly feeling. Oh, oh, now I just wanted to. I just wanted to stay. Okay, but even if it stayed, maybe tomorrow your mood is different. Tomorrow your mood is different. The thing is still the thing. It just like it was yesterday. Okay, maybe not the matter. <laughs> the thing is still the thing, like it was yesterday. But you know, this morning I wake up and I just don't really feel much, much about that. You understand? I wanted to marry this person. I want to have a baby. Oh, 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 oh. I just want to have some freedom, man. I want some peace. Like, we can't sustain any human emotion or feeling continuously, and we are not meant to do it. By all means, experience everything, but better with detachment. When you understand inside your heart and you are sitting inside your own self, in the nucleus of your own being, then this world and everything in it, including you, is a great freedom. And you may enjoy from the place of your freedom in the correct thing, because everything in the manifest world is subject to change. It is the nature of it. Even the one who wants it to stay still, themselves is changing. They can't help it, you see. So find that which is unchanging, because in the center of all changefulness is the unchanging. Inside everything that is visible is the invisible. Inside every movement, there's a stillness. Inside every noise, uh, there's a silence. You must find this thing. And where to look? Where to start looking? Yeah, right here, right here. In fact, your very question has opened up your looking already, and it has started. And you are not on your own because the minute you begin to feel this call, a human being's attention is turned from going outward towards contacting objects of projection or anything, and begins to turn towards the source, towards one's own self. That already is called blessedness. It means that your life is already auspicious, actually. That even this kind of question comes, and you feel an attraction for it. You have a sense that this question is a great key that will open up something, that will put an end to all your, all your sorrow. In fact. But on the way to that discovery, a lot of mess is going to come. A lot of all that we have absorbed emotionally, psychically. Physically, mentally, all these things will start to come to the surface, and they will not feel nice for a while. But you will be surrounded uh, by beings. If you are genuine, even if you are on your own, the message will come 
from your own inner Satguru. It will come in a form that you can somehow understand to tell you, don't go this way, come this way. And you'll feel an affinity with that voice and you'll move and you'll find that you don't have to plan ten steps ahead, five steps ahead, even one step ahead. Because somehow you're sitting inside a presence that is not wanting to go anywhere. It is just here. And so every movement you make is a movement inside this hereness itself. And that is auspiciousness. So this inward turn of tension, this feeling that you feel, Oh, I just wanted to stay. Please understand that for the moment, while you have identity, even peace cannot stay. While you have identity, love cannot stay. Love becomes fleeting. Only when you are without identity, love has nowhere to go, because it is your own self. While you are in the state of personhood, nothing can stay, because the person itself cannot stay. You understand? And you will want things. Life will send you some flavors, taste it. Oh, oh, can I, can I have, can I have, can I have? And you get, and you can't keep, because the you who have it is also not stable. It cannot stay. You see, please understand this thing, so that when that moment comes, you will not grieve. You will just say, "It's the nature of things. All things are impermanent, including the one who has this concept. Is also kind of impermanent. Impermanent means what? Unstable in its perceiving. It's like this. It's this such." A painful discovery. Maybe for a moment there's a pain because something wants to continue believing in certain projections, thinking that they will be good for you. And in the cold or cool light of seeing, some ah, ah, oh, 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 and then ah, whew, ah okay. So have your sighs, your exhaling, your tears. And you know, it's okay because you are fine. You come to a place more that there's something which is unmoving inside you, and this is what you want to discover. When you find the unmoving, you may enjoy the moving. When you don't discover the unmoving, the moving can feel threatening. The moving can seem unkind. The moving can seem like it's a removing of something beautiful. Because you are depending on transience, and transience cannot stay. Mm-hmm. Yesterday, you said something that there always has to be a small tension. Mm-hmm. In the meditation yesterday, it was just there is only consciousness, and even that is. I don't say there has to be. I use this word. I don't want to crystallize it too strongly. Even to be with this body is a little tension, isn't it? Mm-hmm. You know, we can talk about the silence. Is there really total silence? No, in the physical sense of silence, no. Because even if all the powers were cut, all the electricities, all the rivers stopped flowing. The birds stop chirping. 
The dog stopped barking. The leaves stopped shaking. <laughs> Even in the ability to perceive their non-movement, there is a movement. And so there is a subtle tension. When I say tension, I don't mean that you are tense. I just mean the very functioning of perception is a kind of tension. Even great peace is here, but the functioning of the vital force in the body carries a certain hum. The hum of existence also has a noise. You can call it a certain tension. And it can vary in different moments. Sometimes it takes another form, another time not. The one who is really free, let us say free, they are not paying so much attention to that. It is understood very well. The tension of existence. It's okay, isn't it? When you feel some sickness, also tension. Even in health, very healthy, there's some tension. You see? So maybe I don't want that the word tension becomes magnified into like that tense. It's okay. I feel this is life. I feel this is life. That which is aware even of tension, that is without tension. Nothing dwells there. But we have to also, in our practical manifest life, the tactile life, the cognitive life, it is here also. I can see these flowers, I see different shades of yellow or yellow and orange and so on. Why would I want to not enjoy that if I find myself enjoying it? It does not threaten my consciousness in any way. In fact, it is, it is itself consciousness. And the enjoying of it is consciousness, and the one who enjoys it is consciousness. And all of this is the play of the waking state consciousness. And also, I am the witness of that waking state consciousness, and its content and play. It is like that. It's not so far as far out. No, it's not far out at all. It's distanceless. So don't go too much into anything. Sometimes I like to chop it down. Try everything. Everything. Zero, zero. Then chop zero. Then chop the one who chopped zero. And then right there you find there's that which is indivisible and great joy is. This joy is uncreated. Indivisible. Unborn. Undying. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Okay? Go have your chai. Go to work. <laughs> I feel a little. Who feels? A little stuck on the um, the subtle vibration, because I can feel that. Have, you can. I can feel the subtle vibration have for five years. It's always there, but that's not it. You see, meaning that if there's awareness of it, the vibration itself is only a movement in it. Yeah, that's why I wanted to sort of declare yes. it to get yes. Uh, get it so out. So it's not the vibration is aware of you. No. It's you who is aware of the vibration. Yeah. Yeah. So you know, without you, there's no vibration. So what can this you be? Even don't don't tie yourself up with this. What can you be? I mean, obviously, fact is the main fact. Let's not miss it. Is that. That is perceived, even in its most subtle 
manifestation or aspect, whatever that is. It is, it is, it is uh, an object or phenomenal uh, perception. So it means that uh, uh, the question, but it is perceived, so what perceive it? Then I'm not begging for kind of like a shape, an answer which carries a shape. I'm just asking you, the question actually is the more important than the answer in a way. You see, the question has light in it. It asks, you know, what it, it is perceived. So, therefore, what perceive it is not it directly, isn't it? Because it is perceived, and in the light of that perceiving, other things can be perceived also. And they come and go, they come and go. The sky is not a cloud. So, all these clouds, they come and go. But still, there is uh, like the screen, you may say, of consciousness, which is including the one who is looking and enjoying and seeing. That one is also subtly on the screen, also. And this I want to know if you follow. Because if you really follow, then this following and experience is the same thing. This understanding and the being is the same thing. Can I say, I understand intellectually? Then you cancel yourself out. You say, well, you know, I understand intellectually. No, if you understand, if the understanding is confirming, but I am the understanding. Please tell me if I'm wrong. There's the understanding. It is, how can understanding exist apart from me? Like, I lost my understanding. Has anybody seen my understanding around here? <laughs> it's kind of like floating around. No, it cannot be understanding without me. Understanding confirms I am that understanding itself. So as soon as maybe you are seeing this vibration, maybe a vibration is there, then for a long time there is a sense that, that I am troubled by this. I'm, it's just, I'm just bothered by it. And then as you look and say, but I mean, it is only a sensation. It's not permanent. It's not permanent. Even if you say it's there all the time, I said no, it's not there all the time. It's there when you notice it. When you don't notice a thing, it's not there. It's not experientially. It's not there. It doesn't count. You see. I was using the example. If you put, they say, if you put two mirrors in front of each other, there's endless reflection. But who? For who? Who is noticing it? Does the mirror go and look at me? We're reflecting. No, there's nothing. So there's no endless reflection, until the one looks, and can perceive endless. Re- so it's you who see the endless re- uh, reflection. The mirror doesn't see anything at all. There's no endless reflection. There's not even any reflection, apart from the one who perceives <coughs> the reflection. So everything funnels back to you. Then the question, who are you? you see? Can you also be an object being perceived? You have to go? Where are you going? To Japan. Oh, no. <laughs> but you didn't ask my permission, did you? <laughs> She means she's going to the office. I'm going to Japan.
because I'm coming? Like I came this week or something? Yes. And, uh, and I feel like coming here, I felt it in, before coming, I was really here in my, my heart. And it was like some kind of guide for me, this place. And uh, it was like telling me when to stand up, when to go, how to go, until I can find my way. How far you want to go? Yeah. So when I come here, mm -hmm. I feel that there is this unknown and love, that guidance, it isn't that familiar place where I have this, um, where, I, where I feel that this, it's this is it. I have this, this decision, this wanting. And when I come to, to the edge, it's as if this wanting is also something that doesn't help, that's too wanting. You want something, you want it, when you come at the point where it feels completely possible, yeah. then what happens? You don't want anymore? I want it, but it's as if it's so unknown. So, so unknown, of course. The known has not satisfied you. The known has not satisfied anybody, not totally. Mm. And nothing, nobody can be satisfied by the known, not for long. And the unknown cannot satisfy you. <laughs> you see, in a way, it's like why nothing has been satisfying for you? Because uh, this you itself is dissatisfaction. Yeah? And the only way it can somehow um, come to anything beautiful is that it itself is swallowed, and then there is satisfaction. It's not easy to talk like that. Like we try to know, and you say, "Okay, but I want it." Because something is playing. You are still consciousness. You are wanting. You consciousness want consciousness actually. But for a while, it, it, dressed in the in the in the costume of a person, the person want other things, objects. Person feel like it's something wants other things for a while, but nothing lasts. Everything here is impermanent. And so after a while, it keeps on wanting something else. I want this, and then I get it. And yeah, I really like this one, though. Oh, can I have this one? No. Oh, I really want. I really want. You can have this. Uh, yeah, yeah. No, no. I want this. You got the. Oh, thank you, 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 thank you. Ah, so good. That's nice, isn't it? Yeah, but you love this. Yes, I love it, of course. But this is also nice. Can I have this? No, you can't. I give you this for it. Oh, really? But I thought this was everything for you. Uh, well, no, you can have it if I can have this. So this is mine for you. It's always want something else. And um, only as you become more stable inside your heart, then that stability is widening in your orbit. So something feels very relaxed. Even your love and appreciation for other beings, it doesn't come and go. It feels very stable. You see, it feels very stable. The forms may change, but the essence remains very stable. To bring that stability in this mobile world is something very unique. When a Buddha comes, you see, their form is still time, time bound. 
but their being is timeless and that's rare because nothing else seems timeless not even a piece of diamond is timeless it's subject to change so it's a tremendous thing when in this universe the self hatches into awakening because what it points to is something which is unchanging and in a way it is unknown unknowable that's what you're feeling why it's unknowable because it has no limits it has no boundary you have no boundary but your personality has a boundary your mind has boundaries in fact your mind functions on boundaries even when it thinks about the infinite it has to create a boundary about it as a concept and in a way all concepts are boundaries even the concept of the absolute is a boundary i don't want to speak like this too relaxed in a way at the moment because i know that it's not easy to to feel the essence in the words i speak with you you said the other day you are the unknown you are the unknown there's only the unknown appearing as the known the only thing we know for me are so many times limitations conditioning this is what i can look at Everything you see is limitation. Yeah. But is there a time when you didn't see limitation? Is is there a time when you don't see or you did not see limitation? You say oh, most of the time I see limitation. Is there a time when you did not see limitation? Yes. When? When tell me something, something about tell me something about it. What happened when you did not see limitation? Only when you are not there. Only when you are not there. You have the, you you are intuitively unbound, and no one can know you because it's not a knowable you in that sense there. When I'm not identifying with yes. that. With the, your identity, your conditioning, the body, anything, the senses, mind, memory, the intellect, imagination, not I know identity. Then intuitively you're in the unknown. And and you are immensely happy. Because it is so completely natural for you. And yet, so rare are we somehow aware of ourselves like that, if I can say like that. Mm-hmm. Like to say how long you're going to be happy because of you yes. I had a small incident this morning when I was walking down, suddenly sunshine, and I was like, wow, so happy, sunshine. And then suddenly this old thought process started jumping out. How beautiful, so nice. And then slowly, slowly it started increasing into the whole story. <laughs> Suddenly I burst out laughing because it's the sun only is not enough. You need no, all the, the spices. The, yes, yeah, the story about mm, the sun. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Somehow your attention cooks down nicely into a kind of a very natural state. It's not a it's not a calculating state. 
And so everything can just be whatever everything is. And yet, when the need for focus arises, focus happens. When the need for an action uh, uh, arises, that action, if it is deemed uh, by nature, it also just happens. You make it happen, whatever you would be. You are the happening also. See, I am not so much like to talk about it like that, because I don't know who will understand it. You cannot understand it like concepts. You cannot understand it with concepts, although I am using concepts to talk about it. You cannot understand it as concept. The only thing that the, re- the knowledge, if there is a knowledge like this, the only the good use of it is that it removes your knowledge. Uh, this knowledge removes your knowledge, and leaves you empty, in the in the most beautiful way. But at first, something fights because you know, I ain't got no knowledge. Oh my God, I'm lost, I'm lost, I'm lost. And he says, Yeah, 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 good, good. <laughs> You'll be lost. Yeah. You think you, you cannot be. You lost is the worst thing. <laughs> but for who? <laughs> because even this lost is an idea. And even found is an idea. There's very few people I want to, to speak like this. This morning I was saying, I don't want to struggle anymore. With satsang and, and talking about this, I want to have easy satsangs now. I want to like only be with the people who somehow they. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, but you know what happened when and uh, uh, sometimes I enjoy, you know, I enjoy a little bit. Ting 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 ting. Sometimes it's fun. Sometimes it's fun. It's not fun all the time, you know. And somebody, yeah, but you said this, but it doesn't mean like it's bad. <laughs> no, 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 I am joking. But <laughs> I said this one. I just want to enjoy my satsangs now. I have done enough hardship satsangs. <laughs> but what do you mean by when you say this? I say, but you don't even really want to know. You just want to fight. I don't want to just fight. I'll fight a little bit for some fun, but I don't want to fight all the time. You see, if I go and sit down to eat dinner with you, you know, I don't want to be fighting knives and forks. I just enjoy. We enjoy. No? Is that some must be a joy, because I am joy. Your joy. Yes? Discovering your joy. Yeah, but 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 but. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay, but but it's okay. You can butt off. <laughs> We're not here to fight about it. I mean, you know, it should not be like pulling teeth. You know. <laughs> and then and then and then and then. And then yes yes and then. The unknown is what we are by essence. Why uh, there is not this uh, feeling, that's like strong intuition, that we are going back home? Why? Mm. Why is that more smooth? I feel that is more because uh, somehow there is some strong attachment to um, to the play of uh, the manifest. Something. Uh, strong attraction. Even if you say no, I'm not interested in anything. I don't want to be with anybody. I don't care about anything. I tell you, yeah, yeah, you're still very deep, deeply attached. 
Yeah, but I'm not attached to anything. You are attached to you. <laughs> you are attached to you, the idea of you, who is not attached to anything. It's not so strong attachment, also. You see, because there's different forms of desire. There's a desire that says, "I really want this. I really, really want this. Please, can I have this?" That's a very strong desire. But there's also a desire that says, "I really don't want that. I really don't want that." That's also a form of desire, isn't it? Is that the same as aversion? Yes, aversion <laughs> is also a kind of a, a kind of you know it means that I don't want that. Please take that away from me. It's a very strong uh, feature inside uh, that you want to attract something or push something away. Mm-hmm. But uh, so you're not inside. Uh, you're you're not enjoying your own capacity to be in a kind of state of neutrality. Neutrality doesn't mean that it's not felt, that you don't experience feelings. Feelings are there, but they're not so emotive. They're not paved and they're not coloured by, you know, sort of judgments or fears or ego. Basically, you can use one word for that. Um, so they can be pure emotion, pure feeling, pure laughter, pure love, pure, you know. It's not a, it's not building a case for something. It's uh, very pure. So sometimes it is this. So we're still uptight in our sort of dynamic manifestation. Something is still well I want to get out of this and some strong memories are still there and so it somehow clogs up the the arteries of being somehow. So because you're a natural feeling when you're free of this you don't even feel I want to go home. You are home. You are home. There's no distance. Home is not a big home, you know. It's just mm. right, there's no fuss about anything at all. There's no beliefs or disbeliefs, neither desire nor aversion. It's it's simply can you move in life without being in gear, or you're always in first gear, second gear, reverse, you know, fifth gear. You know, sometimes you always engage in the mind in some kind of gear. But there's a kind of there's a neutrality, where all the functions and the functioning is still going on, but there's not really investment in the same way. And the only way that can be is because there's no identity. Where there's identity, there will always be this this battle of to have and not to have. You know, the good and the bad, the right and the wrong, the you and the me, this and that, heaven, hell, life, death, all of these things. You know, they blossom into some powerful, powerful energetic forces. But from the place of consciousness, um, that unmixed, impersonal consciousness, which can sound from the identity like it's very cold, but it's not cold. Cold is not cold. You see, even to say it is detached, it's not really detached. Neither attached nor detached. I feel the word or the term neutrality is good enough for now. It's not dead, but it's not waiting. The concept of next is not strong for it. The concept of past is not <gasps> anything for it. The concept even of now is, is nothing for it. It's outside the frame of time and its measurements. But it's the more natural thing. You see, we think that you're going to have to achieve this. And so, oh, my God, how can I achieve Because everything I move, there's a shape there. And everything I try to do or not do, there's a shape there. So how can I be shapeless? 
Just shut up. So I know, but I mean by this, like shut, shut means shut up means shut, shut. <laughs> Same thing. Like this. It's like uh, stop. You know, this this something is is this trying, trying, and there's an awareness of this trying, but itself is not trying. That's what I mean. Uh, there's an awareness of an identity that has to do or to undo, but the awareness itself is not doing or undoing. It simply is. And when somehow it it becomes aware of itself, then all the play and the stickiness of duality it just completely evaporate. Not the world vanish. The world doesn't need to vanish because the trees are innocent, the clouds are innocent. Why do you have to vanish for you? <laughs> but what what they come to mean, like when I gave the example, like if you go to the movies, you watch a movie these days. And everything that they've used now, they're not using backdrops like they used to do painted backdrops. It's mostly they find a scene well, and the place. Computers. The place is. Uh, don't screw up my example. <laughs> <laughs> the place generally, they go to a scene if they're going to make some place like you know Lord of the Rings or whatever. They go to some place called the kind of landscape they want. Or, <laughs> no, okay, they don't. Okay, <laughs> but uh, this is what stops you from understanding my point. <laughs> I'm not making a movie point. What I'm saying is that a lot of things, the trees are real for the most part, the, 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 the rivers are real, the people are real, but the story is not real. So the same trees, I mean, the same trees are here, but we're not in Lord of the Rings, or we're not in, you know, sort of like, you know, Harry Met Sally or something. It's, everything is just here as it is. The trees are not telling a story, the water is not telling a story, it just is what it is. But when someone puts it together and tries to create a kind of story, and we enjoy this story, and why not? You can enjoy the story, but the story is not what the thing is. And each person is making their own story like this, and then feeling that that story is real. But it's not real in that way. You know, the the, the elements are real, but the story is not real. This is what I'm speaking like that. So you have a picture about the world, and people say, "Oh, even people go, how is the, the world is such a terrible place." I say, "Well, maybe for you." <laughs> Keep going around, and ask all the beans, how much farming the people, the, the world is a terrible place. Some people, uh, well, it's, it's, yeah, it's terrible. <laughs> sometimes, <laughs> and sometimes it's just the most wonderful thing. You can't just say the world is terrible, but you can keep thinking that, and it can seem like it is always terrible. It, it, it's not what the world is; is what you are thinking, and how you are perceiving. When you are happy, and in your heart, the world is some is also pure consciousness. When you're a person, you know, and somehow, you know, somehow you got to fight over there by those steps. You go, yeah, don't go by those steps. <laughs> you go by those steps, somebody's gonna beat you up. <laughs> well, that's not true. You got beaten up over there. <laughs> you know, and instead of learning from your beating up and say thank you to the steps or thank you to the place or the day or the person even that beat me up, because actually. They beat the shit out of me, <laughs> and beating the shit out of you actually means beating the shit out of you. And some people, some people have been trying to change some side for a long time. They go to meditation, they do yoga, they do vipassana, they chant, they go on pilgrimage. 
and they're not able to shift something and somebody beats you up on the street and change it's gone it's a fantastic satsang of course you're not going to take the mugger's picture and put on your shrine that good for you so i say that all of all of life is is a satsang if you have the heart and the mind to perceive it like that you go to your altar and who's that oh this is my mugger We, we don't because even here we have our favorite we have our projections of what is good and what is bad but all of every part of life can be good every part of it can be good if you have the heart to perceive like this but we have our favorites you want to choose your teachers but everything can be your teacher so really the one inside the real one inside is not trying to make stories of life everything seems momentary in the momentariness they are fine the beauty beautiful because the timeless is what uh, pervades the momentary and you always see from this place when i look at you only timelessness is seen only the perfect is seen what about the imperfect what is imperfect it's all the perfect Of course, in some sense, it seems as though you know, like on the surface, you have to say yes and no, and please leave me alone, and please give me a break, and all this type of thing. And in a way, that is fine too, because the consciousness is instructing even at this level. It's fine. You don't have to be always nice, nice, nice. especially if you don't feel it. It's just a habit to be nice. This also has its good place, because you know, sometimes people complain and they say, you know, you know, why are these, uh, you know. Who is like that now? They're hostesses, but they're not now these days. <laughs> but uh, some people always go, and it's very nice. Hello, how are you? And uh, there's something nice about that. I want to see somebody come miserable. <laughs> but uh, you can accept it. We have a restaurant in London, Wang Kai restaurant. I've been going there for many years. Chinese restaurant, and it's written up in the in the papers. You know, the rudest restaurant in London. <laughs> Because uh, yes. But food is good. <laughs> service not so good. Service. I think the service is very good because they are very fast. I don't know how they can serve 700 people like you know in in five minutes. Your food is almost on the table. Wow. Yeah. But uh, don't ask them for water or something. <laughs> oh, get water, toilet, get water. <laughs> But anyway. And uh, some people like this because they're feeling okay. You know, I don't need you to be all nice and so on, so on. So some people even it's a bit suspicious actually. Why, you know, they 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 so like it. I mean, they're not just rude, rude, rude. They're not, you know, one day I take you. They're not just rude, 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 rude. But you know, they they're not going to. They're just themselves, I suppose. I'm sure sometimes they give an extra bit of spice because. Their reputation depends on it. <laughs> it's also a kind of publicity. Huh? It's also a kind of marketing. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, I don't. After a while, when you get your, when you're opening business and it really matters that you get your customers, you can be very nice. But when your customers seem like they're guaranteed, then people sometimes <laughs> they're not nice. Believe it, as it is with many other things. When it comes to a state of uh, what I would call emptiness, 
meaning that your your mind is not living in plans. It's not always on to the next thing. Sometimes, like we're sitting here, and then somebody, okay, you know, like this morning, my intention was to come, get a little bit of muesli, go up to the place, and sit down, and do some editing. I'm still here, actually. <laughs> <laughs> so that's from sort of like uh, 9:15. <laughs> okay, like this. But it's okay because I also see that this is also has its place, and somehow is alive here also, and. Uh, Something doesn't feel so determined, you know, like you have to push something so strongly. But we have shapes, and we intended uh, to to go and do something, and to, and sometimes it happens, sometimes it doesn't happen. But uh, try not to be miserable about it. This uh, this feeling of this emptiness is not laziness. In the human kingdom, it is. Then your joy is not disturbed. Your peace is not disturbed. Even by sudden crashing noises, you know, or anything, your peace is not disturbed. Why? Because in your mind it does not hold any shape of how things should be. Sometimes subconsciously, we're holding a shape like you know. Even when you are relaxed, you are still in a state of self-control. See, and there's a tightness there. Mm-hmm. And as soon as something goes, everybody, oh, what happened? What happened? Like you know, like, that's not supposed to happen. You see, and it's almost that like it's involuntary. You cannot help it. So it's not like you're training yourself. Maybe people like the SAS or something they have to train themselves physically to not react <laughs> or something or to whatever. But I'm talking naturally speaking. When the consciousness is in a place of uh, its own natural stillness. It's not so reactive. And even if some reactions happen, quickly it stabilizes mm-hmm. again. You see. It doesn't turn over into a story and then register this story, oh I must not sit in that place again and this thing happened. It doesn't hold on to any sort of scenario and uh, register this like something to avoid. And you can see how the conditioned mind catalogues uh, events that it uh, creates as happenings, and then somehow combines it with your sense of self. And this is why so much sometimes a strong feeling of agitation, nervousness, suspiciousness, easy to be afraid, uh, easy to feel threatened. You see, all this is coming from the non-self, the wrong ideas of self. Mm-hmm. I feel like I want to expose something. Yeah. Um, what's coming up very strong for me is yesterday you made the example of you you are on top of the mountain and somebody's coming and is holding on to a branch yeah. and you are saying let go of the branch and then come here and I feel like I'm holding on to a branch of um, um, basically thoughts that come in about that I should be ashamed or not speak up or I am very guilty and and that is very, it's a very strong habit. It's yeah. Like it's very strong and painful, and it's projected on the, on the outside. And I'm, I feel, and yesterday I did the contemplation then, to see like, but who is being attacked? Who is being judged? Who, who, need, who is it? The one who's ashamed? Yes. And I came to a place where I saw 
that that this one wasn't there, mm-hmm. and I had always or always I don't know I've made a mental picture of the deathless and as being something, and then I I recognized that the deathless is not isn't there, doesn't exist either, because there's just nothing. Basically, there's nothing, and um, and then I and then I noticed. Then I went back to just the habit energies and you know trying to see oh but this is also happening but there is an effort needed for me to to come to to the place of the heart like it's but it's also an effortless place yeah. but that effortless place is just already effortless it doesn't have to come to any place no when there is no, absolutely nothing are you not there in some way i want somebody to tell me today now in a Absolute nothingness. What will be aware even of nothingness? Doesn't have to be mental now, because this answer <coughs> exists now also. You don't have to wait until oh death is not now now. Here also, the nothing is here also. Huh? The mind wants to put the nothing at the end of something. At the end of all somethingness, great nothing. No, actually, the great nothing is here. The somethingness is floating in the great nothingness. God knows this, because there is awareness that you are perceiving. Some awareness of this is there also. Then a question, but but the fact is that there is awareness of this. This is the great thing: is that this is always a fact already that there is awareness. You see, but what is aware of this? And then says, I don't want any answer from your mind. You and your answer must be the same thing. You say you looked, and you know you found that there's something that always felt like it's you know should be ashamed or feel some guilt or something like this. And when searched for, that actual one, because you ask who is who is that who feels shame? Who is one who is feeling suffering from guilt? And when searched for, you say it's not found. I say, but this is great. The one who is actually shamed and guilty, it cannot be found. I looked on Monday, looked on Tuesday, looked on Wednesday, looked on Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. It can't be found. I said, okay, good. What is making that discovery? Can that be found? What is recognizing? But that one can't be found. Tangibly, such a one cannot be found. It's been like this voice has been talking all her life. That you know, for thirty-five, forty years, this one talking. But this had happened to me, and he said this to me, and I just can't stand her. And you know, all I want is just to be free. I want to be free. I just want to get out. So who is speaking? Who is speaking? Nobody's ever asked before who is speaking because the answer always comes. Of course, it's me. What's wrong with you? Not paying attention? Okay. <laughs> now, but you who is speaking? And even this question cannot be asked just about anywhere. It has to be asked in a particular kind of environment. Where there's a sensitivity, a subtlety of attention to look at the question, and say, "But wait a minute, this is a fresh question. Who is actually feeling defensive? Who? Don't create. Don't imagine. Find. Who? Identify. Who? And something begins to scan internally." 
to see if it can find any seeds of I, I-ness, me-ness, person. And the answer comes, I said, but there's got to be somebody, no? There's got to be. Look how many years it's been going on. There's got to be somebody. Look again. There's nobody. So who is feeling ashamed? Who is feeling afraid? Scan. <laughs> Great. What is making this discovery? Can this one be identified? Where will the scanner go? <laughs> Who is there? Who is here? And now what is happening? Fear. But who is afraid? <laughs> yeah, but this fear felt in the chest. Ah, oh, it's getting so good, Jesus. Yeah. But there's observing of this or not? Yes. <laughs> what is observing this? Don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Who's suffering now? Who is the sufferer? Let the sufferer stand in the witness box, please. <laughs> please come forward. Put your hand on the Bible. <laughs> I, the sufferer, have been suffering. Will be going. Huh? That's playing with my head. <laughs> so this exercise exorcise. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this, uh, this becomes something like uh, a very beautiful new habit, you can say, that somehow when these forces come, then there's not so much fear. It's like actually, you know, again, you know, what is, what is, what is, who is, who is falling apart? Like, I feel I'm falling apart. Yeah, yeah, but who, who exactly is that? Please show me the one who's falling apart. I don't know. Nothing is falling apart. Something is falling apart. But it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. And also, this falling apart actually doesn't feel so bad. It feels quite good. Like there seems to be the need for a falling apartness. But what it is that's falling apart, I don't know. Seems like it is a me, like it's some aspect of myself. 
and it creates a tremendous storm inside his body. But I'm okay with this storm in his body. What is clear is that there is the space to observe all of this. This is very good. Then the inquiry becomes a joy. I've been just living in this bliss of love for the longest time. Yeah. And I realize now that, that I have to take out this sword. <laughs> and it's been so helpful. Yes. Mm-hmm. Being in this bliss of love and experiencing one's own formless mm-hmm. self, then a sword is removed. A thorn is taken out. But we don't have to be waiting for that to happen. Because you only see in the the eyes of the beloved one. Nothing else you see. I told a story once about this this once a, a king was riding with his army, with his soldiers, through, a, through some land. And they had happened to be very thirsty, but they had no water. But on the way through the forest, <coughs> they saw one hut. And so they rode slowly towards the hut. And uh, a girl was there. She was very beautiful to the king's eyes, and uh, he was completely besotted with her, actually. And he says, I, I need some water. And she got water, and the sweetest water he tasted. And he took that as a sign, oh, there's something very special here. She said, who lives here with you? <clears throat> My father. He's father. So she called her father, and the king stepped down very boldly. He says, uh, I am in love with your daughter. And I want to, to marry her and make her queen of my kingdom. Just like this. The poor little man was, uh, uh, yes, your, your Majesty, yes, 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 we know what to say. So she says, I, I cannot just leave my father like this. He says, Okay, we're on the way to some place. I'll have my, uh, my people come to get you. So he went and he did his whatever he was doing, went back, and then after some, a week or so, they brought her to the palace. And in a short time, he married her. He didn't even ask her, do you love me or nothing? He just, a king. <laughs> so he brought her to the palace, and he had a big ceremony and everything for her new queen. Very young, very beautiful queen. But she said, uh, I miss my father. I sent and brought the father also to come and to live near her. And she was a bit more relaxed. She got on. She saw this is my destiny. It's like this. The father also. He was very happy in the forest, but he had to live now. He's like this. He had no choice, it seemed. But she had a someone who she really loved, and uh, she couldn't think she was missing her beloved so much. But every night the king would come to her and oh, you're so beautiful and so on. But she, her heart could not open to him. 
then he was saying, what's wrong? What's wrong? I give you everything. I give you everything. You don't show any love, no gratitude. I said, no, I, 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 am, I am enjoying the things. Why are you sad? Why are you sad? And she said, well, <clears throat> I left my brother in the forest, and I miss him. Oh, you didn't tell me you had a brother. Yes, I Oh, we must send for him. So they sent for him, who is actually our lover. He was also brought to the palace, and in the palace they are there, and he worked as a gardener. He took the job as a gardener. So every now and again she would just visit the garden, and we were walking around looking at the flowers, and every now and again behind the bush. <laughs> so one day one of the ministers noticed this embrace, you know. He says, But well, this looks more than a brother and sister embrace. And then a kiss. God. Couldn't believe. So then he went and he informed the king. Your Majesty, I don't know how to speak to you about these things, but I just feel I have a loyalty to you and I must tell you. And so he told him, you know, this there's something going on here. He saw your wife and uh, the queen and the, the gardener. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm kissing. So <laughs> what? So he became very, very, very furious, and he also felt like it was huge disrespect after everything he had done for her, so to speak. And uh, so it was, you know, then the news got around like wildfire. <laughs> then the king felt very embarrassed and also very disrespected and all this thing. So in this kingdom, for such a crime, that the penalty is to be burnt, <laughs> burnt at the stake. You see. So the day came, and all the people from the kingdom, all the people that came from all the villages, they came for this good roasting. <laughs> <laughs> right in the center of everything, they made a huge fire, huge fire, and then they brought the two of them out, tied up, and they declared, "Oh, they brought shame to the king and to the kingdom, and you know, for this, they will be burnt alive today." And uh, the people, <laughs> so anyway. <laughs> They asked, you have any last request I can grant you, except to escape? <laughs> then she said, Well, my lord, put us in the fire if you want. But when you do, tie us up face to face. Strange request. Very well, very well. <laughs> so they, they put them in the centre, you know, and they tied them face to face like this, tied up. They couldn't move. He says, light the fire, and the big fire, and all the people, you know, I mean, oh my God, all the people had to move back because it was such a big fire. And then after ten minutes, they're looking. The fire was so big you could not see even the wood, or you could hardly see a raging fire. They could see these two figures there, still standing, looking at each other, and the fire really. Sparks everywhere. <laughs> then, after a good twenty minutes, they said, "No, this is strange. This cannot be. What is this? Some kind of black magic or something?" They are, they are just, just completely. Their eyes are looking at each other. Nothing burnt at all in this fire. Then the king ordered, "No, this is some strange thing. Put this fire out." They put water, everything, and they brought them out, and they were not burnt, not even their clothes. He says, "What have you brought to my kingdom? What kind of black magic have you brought here?" No? How can these things happen? 
Why are you not dead? Why are you not burnt alive? No? And she said, I don't know anything about it. I don't see any fire. All I see is the eyes of the Beloved. About fire, I don't know anything. About sin, I know nothing. About right, I know nothing. Wrong, I know nothing. About king, I know nothing. I know nothing. Just I look into the eyes of the beloved, and that is all for me. So, uh, when can we see like that? All of this is the beloved, is the eyes of the beloved. You first drown in that. Like all this, it doesn't have to look like eyes. Everything is eyes of the beloved. Eyes of the beloved look at the eyes of the beloved. So, more than this, I cannot say. Chit Ananda. <laughs>